Sound of Hockey episode 213. We're calling this one the Will Borgen episode. Why are we calling it that, John? You know, Will Borgen's been playing awesome this year, and we haven't given enough love. That's the only reason. There is no kind of correlation to 213 or anything, any number. Are we sure? No, we're not. I'm sure there's something <laughs> in his life that he's done 213 times. Yeah, that's uh-huh. right. I actually just think that you didn't research hard enough there, John. I think you could have found something that connected to 213. So wow. I'm not going to um, confirm you, or deny that statement. Okay. Yeah, I just I need you to do better next time. That's all. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yikes. It's early, early morning on, on Thursday, and I just uh, just woke up, so don't test me this morning, John. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2 Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Seattle. We are remote this morning from our own respective studios. Uh, just because <laughs> we're, we've been very busy. Uh, some of us had to fly to California back yesterday. Some of us have meetings starting very shortly and uh, meetings all throughout the day. So we decided to squeeze it in early in the morning uh, and we had to do it remote. That's just how it is. But we might try to do a 0.5 episode this weekend. So we'll see about that. Reviews to share. We have a couple. Wow. The oh, first cool. one. Yep. Is a five star review. It comes from FU1526. FU. No, FU. Uh, it says sound off, five stars. <laughs> oh, okay. Well done. Love the vibe. That's it. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Good deal. So, FU2. Very nice. Yeah. Yep. FU2. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then Gnarly Neiman. Well, it could be Nyman, but I'm going to go with Neiman because the Kraken have a, a Neiman in their pipeline. Uh, it says long live sound of hockey. <laughs> Best hockey podcast out there, TBF, which I think is to be fair. Uh, I I love their coverage and the fact that they stay away from being overly negative. Thanks, Andy and John, for the wonderful podcast. Oh, <laughs> hey, you, yeah, you're welcome, man. Oops, yeah. we can't we can't make that a thing though, where they just think two of us, right? No, no, well, they I don't think our, anybody. Thinks our listeners wouldn't do only, that, right? To us, no, yeah. no, I don't think. I'm so. sure that was just a, an omission. I've always thought, you know, all the listeners like don't like one of us, right? It, and it's just a different person that they don't like, right? Whatever yeah. it's our takes or how we speak or whatever. Like I'm sure if we if we had to corner every listener, they'd say, uh, "I don't like Andy. I don't like Darren. I don't like John." Right? Uh-huh. But it would be one of us. So as long as they I spread would think it out, that's okay. My theory is nobody dislikes me because <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I talk easily the most. I actually have uh, some data to back this up. Not really data, but... Um, I, I know where you're going I here. think I thought Logic. it out a little. Logic. I talk the yeah. most by far. So if somebody doesn't like me, they would have just stopped listening, right? But, because they would have to listen to me a lot. But maybe they like Andy and I so much... That we carry that they're it. willing to <laughs> forego <laughs> you. The shortcomings of Darren. Yeah. <laughs> The shortcomings of Darren is the, uh, that's the name of my new, new band. <laughs> that's that's um, the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> dang it, that really is going to have to be the name of the episode now. Uh, oops. Uh, all right, so some Kraken news. I don't know if you heard this. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? The Kraken are on a five-game winning streak, uh, which is pretty freaking awesome. It's been what really a wonderful to time to be alive. I know, it really has been fun. And not to toot our own horn, but toot toot, uh, we kind of called this, I think, two <laughs> episodes ago that they were trending in this direction. Uh, I think what we said was, you know, the losses that they had had were really the effect or the outcome of some 
dumb mistakes, some letdowns, things like that. And I think what we said was if they could get rid of those letdowns and mistakes, they'd get on a run. And sure enough, they have. Uh, thankfully, they've gotten some very good goaltending from Martin Jones, which we'll talk about in a minute, and I think that's helped a lot. Uh, but they have wins now uh, since we last recorded in Minnesota, 4-0. Just a dominant performance that night, right? Like, truly, uh, it was like all defensive. Somehow they ended up with four goals. You know, there just didn't seem to be much happening at either end of the ice, but they come away with an impressive 4-0 win. Uh, Jones had a 22-save shutout that night. Uh, then they beat Pittsburgh 3-2 to to close out their road trip with a perfect 3-0 record. Dunn, Gord, and Tanev scored the goals that night. Gord, Tanev, and Geeky were awesome. Geeky, I think, got elevated to their line at the end of the yeah, game, he did. if I'm not yeah. mistaken, right? At least uh, the third period. So that was period. pretty cool to see. Yeah, so so Geeky, by the way, uh, has points now in five straight games as well, uh, which is probably not a coincidence because that's back to that thing we talked about before where this team is getting contributions from all four lines. Geeky is rolling, and he's just a, just a piece of that. Yeah, I love seeing that, right? We're, I mean, obviously, we've talked about it before. I'm a huge Geeky fan. Was a little worried when he was getting kind of scratched early in the season, but you know he's making a convincing argument that he belongs in the lineup every night, and it's very clear he does. Yeah, uh, I talked to him after the game the other night and kind of asked him what's what's changed, what's clicking for him, and he, he's like, "I don't really have anything for you there. I just, you know, I try to go out and play the same game every game, and um, you know things are going well. And truthfully, like things are going really well for him. He looks different. He looks so dangerous." Um, so I don't know what has changed for him, but man, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now, uh, along with Daniel Sprong on that fourth line. They they look great together. It's pretty cool to see. So so one thing I'll call out is last year, I felt like he was soft on pucks. I don't mean that too harshly. It's just he wasn't as big enough and he was getting pushed off pucks a little easier. And mm-hmm. I think that has changed. And I, I would love to know if he like made a conscious effort to put on weight or or to work on some of the more physical kind of skills that's needed because in a fourth line role you kind of need that um and i think he's i don't notice it i don't notice him getting pushed off pucks very very easily so i don't know if that's eye test or what but that's one thing i remember from last year and i'm not seeing it this year and that could be mm-hmm. one of the differences well what i liked is that in that pittsburgh game i think it was a pittsburgh game not only did he get elevated and have those two assists but he took some big face-offs late in the game uh, when you know Pittsburgh was trying to tie it, obviously, but uh, I thought that was cool that, that they had the confidence in him to take those faceoffs in the defensive zone. You know, with, with the game on the line, that that those are big moments, and he's the guy they put out there on a couple occasions. And you know, with this team too, I that felt like another one of those trap games, big time. Totally, right? like Pittsburgh, totally. Pittsburgh yeah. was struggling. It was the last game of the road trip. You know, it really felt like a good opportunity for the Kraken to lose. Um, And they did fall behind, if I'm not mistaken, right? Weren't they down two to one at one point? Um, One nothing and then two to one. Right. And they got the tying goal, I think, from Gord. And then Brandon Tanev scored the winner. And yeah, like I said, that trio there was awesome down the stretch. So it looked tough at the beginning because, like you mentioned, Pittsburgh, you know, was trying to end a losing streak. That The first 10, 12 minutes, it was all Pittsburgh. But yeah. the Kraken absorbed that, didn't allow a goal. They they took that and then ended the first period scoreless. That's when I kind of thought, you know, I, think, I bet you they win this game now. Because I think, I think that was the first 10, 12 minutes were the key. that they, they got through that, and that was Pittsburgh's best shot. And, you know, this is another example, too, of when these, this team is winning games. Well, first off, they're doing it in different ways every night. But thinking back to last year, like when they would win on the rare occasion that they would get wins, right, it would be – 
every player sort of selling out, putting his face in front of pucks, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. It doesn't seem like they have to do that this year, right? Like the Pittsburgh game, they got down, they were in it, they were tied late. You know, it just never felt like they were in any kind of real trouble. I just like felt confident that they were going to figure it out that night, even though they were in a lot of ways getting outplayed, outshot. Um, but sure enough, they get the clutch goal from Tanev late in the game and um, and that seals it. So that was pretty cool. Then they come home uh, and again, I was a little nervous about it because usually that first game back after a road mm-hmm. trip tends to be uh, a good opportunity to lay an egg. Uh, they did have a day off and then a good practice day uh, went back to uh, to work against the Predators, and they ended up with a 5-1 to one win there. It came out really hot in the first period, uh, scored four goals for the first time in a period ever. So uh, I guess that kind of allayed my fears that they were going to come out and lay an egg. Four goals on six shots. Yeah. And, and chase Soros out of the game. Uh, Soros, a Vesna finalist last year. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yep. I don't think he – I mean, that Everly shot, I think uh, – probably went Lizard, in got easy, a piece but of. yeah that was that was pretty nice again i was thinking the same thing it's like and predators had been inconsistent but they they'd kind of heated up uh a bit before and mm-hmm. and so they won the two previous games yeah, yeah yeah so um and and i said this even before the season like i always thought the predators would be the the team that they need to kind of concern themselves with to steal uh, a wild card spot um mm. and and i think that's still in the range i think winnipeg's changed things a bit and we'll, we'll come back to that some other time but um you know yeah it was a, a great opportunity to, to get a win and, and start this homestand right and finally they're 500 at home uh for the first time this season so that's nice and meanwhile they have ascended to actually i haven't checked the standings this morning but as of yesterday they were fifth in the entire nhl and second in the pacific division so and second in the west second in the whole western conference too not just the division. Yeah, they are they are rolling in a good way. Uh, we should talk a little bit more about Martin Jones. He has been a revelation of late ever since uh, becoming a papa. So he's now six <laughs> three and one on the season. He's got a nine sixty six save percentage and a one goal against average uh, in the last four starts. So. He is cruising. Um, what I'm seeing from him, I'll give my goalie analysis here. There's just no wasted movement, right? Like he is so calm in there um, and you can tell he's really tracking the puck well. And I think I talked about this uh, after that Vancouver game where he didn't look particularly sharp was that he wasn't tracking the puck that night, but pucks still mostly tend to hit him because he's really good positionally, right? Well, since then, he's been tracking the puck really well. And so in addition to pucks hitting him, he also is making the saves with his gloves, you know? So um, it's it's just been awesome to watch. There's It's so confident. And when he goes down to that butterfly, he looks just locked down. Like there's nothing getting through him. You have to try to go around him, but you can't go around him because he's making those saves too. So um, he is just razor sharp right now. I really hope it it keeps going. I did want to ask you guys here, because things are going to get interesting at some point this season. Not only is Philip Grubauer going to come back at mm-hmm. some point, and we saw him on the ice, right? Uh, but I mean, if Martin Jones keeps playing this way for a while, what happens when Chris Drieger comes back, right, down the line? I mean, there's there's a lot of intrigue, I think, coming in the goalie uh, crease, in the goal crease. Obviously, you keep riding the hot hand if Martin Jones is continuing to be uh, the goalie that he is right now, he's going to steal that job at least away from Grubauer. And then I wonder if uh, what happens with Chris Drieger's roster spot when he's ready to return. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what Drieger's health situation will be like and when that's going to happen. I mean, we don't know that about Grubauer either, really. But what is Chris Drieger going to look like? Do they 
do they put him on a rehab stint in Coachella Valley? If he comes back with like a month left in the season, could you just have him rehab in the AHL for the rest of the season and not have to face that situation till the summer? I don't know. You probably could, I guess, but if you're Chris Drieger, would you want that? And don't you have to accept that if you're, I don't know how that works. I think there's some, some rule there, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see, I think. Um, and not to mention, you know, Joey Decord also has been good lately. So um, in his start that he had, <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of which he got sent down to the AHL temporarily, but then recalled uh, that was just kind of a paper move to, uh, sort of ward off the waiver clearance that will have to come at some point if uh, if they keep him on the roster for uh, too long. So that's all that was. He was back with the team this week. Um, and the last piece of sort of cracking news is Jamie Alexiak left the game early uh, against Nashville. So uh, no real update there other than that's concerning, largely because... Well, Alexiak's been good, but also I think a huge part of the success has really been the consistency on the blue line, right? They have three consistent pairs and they're, you know, right shot, left shot balanced. Um, Things have been really good there. So that'll be, if he does have to miss time, that'll be the first time that we've had any kind of mix up on the blue line. And ironically, their extra is Kale Fleury, who's a right shot, which means they're going to end up with a right shot playing the left side if he has to go. So... (laughs) <laughs> that'll be interesting to keep an eye on here over the next few days. But we could we could finally see Kale Fleury in a game this season if Alexiak has to miss something. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, we have a Kraken-related hype-o-thetical. <laughs> Andy, you brought up something very interesting in the press box the other night when we were watching the Predators uh, game, well, Kraken Predators, uh, about what could happen at the trade deadline. Would you mind asking that question? I have a feeling that you're going to put John's brain in a pretzel and he hasn't <laughs> heard this hypothetical yet. Well, also, I, when you when you put this on the list today, I, I thought it was the goalie situation, but we were talking about that. And then I remembered this conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, ah, uh, I see. Yes. Okay. This is way too early to really to really worry about this, but it just popped into my head that let's say the Kraken continue to play at, at a decent pace, maybe not five wins in a row, but continue to win games and are in playoff contention come trade deadline. What do you think this team needs? There's not, to me, an obvious need. So what would you want to add at the trade deadline? John, John, is your brain in a pretzel? Um... <laughs> Well, okay. Keeping in mind that this is way early. That is a good question. Talk, That's it's... not where I was expecting to go when you're talking about tread deadline. But I just a little bit more depth, right? In case of injuries, I think that would be the, yeah. the thing yeah, that yeah. I would, would want to add. You know, it's harsh, but you know, who knows what the injury situation is like then? But you know, mm-hmm. um, Coolman being, you know, I like Coolman, but I think having some more of a second line scoring or kind of balanced player, you know, like a Blake Coleman, like, I, I mean, I love those kind of pickups at the trade deadline. But I also don't think you do much, right? You don't yeah. you don't get rid right. of too much uh, unless somehow you think you're, you've got a chance to go deep in the playoffs. Uh, I just don't think you, you know, make a short-term decision. I think they're playing great. Um, I You know, I, I was wondering what if you were going to kind of suggest, like, getting rid of one of the 
guys on uh, last year of his contract. Ah, so you're thinking seller? No, we're thinking buyers. We're we're <laughs> we're sold at this point, John. So we're buying. I am too. Um, I'm too. Like but, I don't I don't want them to. I don't want them to. I mean, if they're if they've got a chance of making the playoffs, and I'm saying like really good chance, meaning they're like yeah, either in a playoff spot or within like four points or something. Yeah. I say. You stick with your guns, maybe add one piece, but don't, you know, they do have, they still have a lot of draft picks for this upcoming draft and you never know what they could get at that time, but you don't know first rounders. You're not going, going big, but I think it's just depth for the injuries that tend to happen in the playoffs. And so that's, that's where my head's at. I think that's where I ultimately landed because there's not like looking at the team now and if they're still playing this way and everybody's healthy, there's not an obvious upgrade needed. Right, they have a top six that's been also consistent, as consistent as a defense. Yeah, as far as who's in the lineup, um, you know, and if McCann's back, that third line is pretty good. We've talked about geeky in the fourth line. Like I just don't, and we talk, and if the goaltending is holding up, I just don't know. There's not an obvious like, oh, you need help here to to push forward, right? Yeah. So it's inter- it's going to be interesting to see. Now, obviously, there's a yeah. long way to go, so we don't know. But but we do say that. But somehow the Tampa Bay Lightning and you know yeah the Tor- Toronto add. Maple Leafs <laughs> add people. You know they're yeah. a lot deeper than uh, or they're a lot better than than the Kraken theoretically yes. in the last couple of years. But well, <laughs> I'm just saying like uh, you know like there's always opportunities <laughs> maybe, to upgrade. Maybe not yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs add this year, very wisely though. I would say sometimes like Tampa adds wisely. <laughs> well, Interesting. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do agree with that. But like they added Giordano last year, and um, oh yeah, and I'm yeah. just I'm just kind of joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, Tampa's the model. I think. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting to think of, thing to think about it is. though, and it is. Uh, you know, I couldn't I couldn't immediately come up with anything either, Andy, which I think is a pretty good sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, I think it's just there's probably I hate to say it, but somebody's going to get hurt at some point this yep. season, um, or, or somebody could tail off. Fill. Somebody who's playing well now could right. stop playing well and just you know regress. Yep. yep. Um, but figured you'd you'd probably backfill for for anybody like that. Yeah. Um, and then John, I think you bring up a really good point. I think you could add somebody who, um, yeah, I love Carson Coolman. I like watching him play. I think he's a, a really good fit on the team. Um, but yeah, there's probably a more offensive type of player that still uh, is responsible in his own end that could um, that could fit that role as well. So uh, great point there, John. I do want to kind of comment and kind of going back to the team performance in general. Like a couple people have asked me, what's different this year? What's going on? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. I just think they have three good second lines and one third slash fourth line. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like. Yeah. And so that's like that's right. like almost a mod I don't want to I don't want to get a, you know get ahead of ourselves here and and I'm I'm obviously optimistic but at the same time I'm realistic. But that is a good playoff kind of balance, right? Is having yep. they always talk Three, about depth lines. scoring cuz if you shut down one line or you you know how matching up with lines it tends to be challenging if people are top heavy, if teams are top heavy. And yep. so I really like how this team is built and I'm trying to think of, you know, who's made a deep run with a kind of a balanced kind of approach like the Kraken have. And, and I think of St. Louis uh, and, and obviously mm-hmm. I'm not su- suggesting the Kraken are like Stanley cup uh, okay. contenders just yet, but you know, St. Louis was a team that was pretty, I mean, they had good stars, but it wasn't as top heavy and it was really balanced. And then I, you know, Montreal maybe, more of a luck during the um, bubble playoffs. Yeah. They made it to the final as well because 
But that was, an, again, another balance. Yeah, it was balanced, though, too. So anyway, yeah, I did want to kind of comment that because that was a theme coming up with a couple um, friends this week that were asking a lot about the team. Definitely the balance and the depth, I think, is, is I mean, the, the scoring depth is much improved. And it's scary when you think about their top line, as good as Burkowski's been and as good as Wenberg has been. Bjorkstrand's been good, but he's not. he hasn't found the net yet. He, he leads the team in shots, right. but... I talked to him a little bit the other day, and he's like, you know, as long as we're creating chances, I'm not worried about it. But he said the one thing our line can do is finish a little bit more. And I thought, wow, that would be pretty spectacular because <laughs> they're already really good. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it, it, you know, there's phases. Like Schwartz was kind of yes. leading the pack. Then McCann got hot. You know, Geeky gets hot. Uh, Burakowski yep. gets hot. Everly's starting to get warm. Like, it, it's like everyone's, okay, it's my turn. I'm going to take the torch for a bit. And it's a little bit more balanced than that. But yeah, you know it's it's nice because Schwartz. Remember, Schwartz was super hot in the beginning. Oh yeah, he, he's yep. playing. He was he's playing team. great now. I can't believe he missed that goal on against. <laughs> he, he beat the goaltender, but <laughs> oh, he went wide the yeah. other way. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Well, yeah, and Bjorkstrand got robbed by uh, oh I yeah, who the the forward uh, was. Um, he had a wide open knot, but a forward laid down. Um, you know, to me, the difference, John, is I, like you kind of mentioned it with the depth, but they when you think about it, they literally added a full top six forward line when you include Beneers. Yeah, exactly. Beneers wasn't here last season. Um, he's been awesome. And you add Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand. And granted, they they let a couple guys go, but none of those are like true top six forwards that they lost no. last right. season. Right. So um, that, yeah, that to me is the difference. That and they're, they have consistent... Uh, deep pairs on the blue line, and uh, they're getting goaltending now from Martin Jones and, and even Grubauer in that game against um, Colorado. He looked really good. So, um, so that to me, those are the differences. Um, I think you know it's it's kind of obvious how they've taken this this huge. Yeah, step. They, they've also managed the puck a thousand times better than they they even did it sometimes early in this season. Like, right, you don't see the turnovers that you used to see. But those those are the exact mistakes. I was mentioning, right? If they can get rid of those yeah. and those letdowns where they give up two goals in a row yep. or they give up a goal right after they score or whatever, and they've they've stopped doing those. And you know, you know what else? Um, somebody, I think it was Burakovsky, said we had put a lot of emphasis on just making having good shifts after scoring goals, mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting, or giving up a goal, right? Either way, the, the next shift after a goal. Um, and to me, what they're doing right now is they're limiting damage. You know, they played terrible in the second period against Nashville. Uh, Nashville was dominating, but they limited the damage, even though I think it was like 10 to 2 in shots or something. Yeah. They only gave up one goal. You know, there wasn't like a, a big collapse where they, uh, you know, they bend, but they don't break. And uh, and that, to me, is the sign of a really good team. So um, I hope they can keep it going. That one goal was a spectacular Forsberg finish. Right. So. Yeah, he blocks it. <laughs> Blocks a shot, goes goes in on a break. Yeah, I made a great know. move um, at the end. Yeah, so. yeah. But but my point is, you know, how many times have we seen them let their their mistakes kind of pile up on each other, and all of a sudden a game is out of reach, and that just hasn't happened so so far. Um, other than a couple games early, right? The yeah. Chicago game comes to mind. Um, the Anaheim so, game. A little uh, we'll bit. see. Yep, that's right. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling. Let's jump to a very quick WHL update with our WHL correspondent, Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. Hello. Quick WHL WHL update. Uh, we talked about Luke Prokop being uh, sent back to the WHL by Nashville, coincidentally, while they were here in Seattle. Well, I don't. <laughs> did we talk about that? We talked about the Thunderbirds getting him. Yeah, his rights. But yeah, they so he still, got sent, still yeah. just had his rights. He got sent down from the ECHL by Nashville while they were in town, so they... 
uh-huh. could save on long distance calls, I guess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, pro cop played his first game for the Thunderbirds last night, which uh, what, what Wednesday night in Kamloops they won two to one overtime. He didn't figure in the scoring, but I've heard reports that he played well. Um, so that's exciting. We'll just see him finally see him here. Uh, and then some other news up the road. Dennis Williams, friend of the pod, head coach for the mm-hmm. Silver Tips, has been named the head coach for Canada's World Junior Championship team this this winter. Wow. So that's a pretty good feather in the cap. Yeah, that is pretty no awesome pressure there. for him. No, no pressure. Congratulations <laughs> to Dennis Williams. I, I know he's he's always been involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? he's been an assistant on their years. national team for a few years, yeah. And like their U17 program stuff too, yeah. That's really cool. Uh, excited to see him behind the bench for Team Canada uh, in the World Junior Championship, which we uh, certainly love to watch. We now move on to our segments. And our first segment Lots of bad boys. I'm excited. Favorite segment. Yeah, people have been bad this week. Goalie gear quarter. How is that still happening? We'll get there. Don't worry. uh, On the bad boys front, it's still happening because reverse retros are happening, and uh, so a lot of the goalies have new gear to go with the reverse retros. Uh, This is Mark Andre Fleury of uh, somebody's Minnesota Wild. He uh, has, so they're doing the North Star theme again, except this year it's just uh, like a Kelly Green jersey instead of, oh, actually, well, they're wearing white socks here. Are they? That's weird. <laughs> this is also a picture of practice, though. Right. So yeah, that's it should true. look different. Um, I'm game. pretty sure their jerseys are green. You know, he normally wears like the bronze gear. Uh, so this is a very similar setup to what he wears from True, uh, but now it's yellow, almost UC Soros yellow uh, <laughs> with some green and white accents. And I think it looks really cool. I think it's pretty fantastic. I'm pretty excited to see it with the uh, the full kit, the full setup. So. I like the stars down the down the hockey pants, the side of the down pants. the pants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's an old North Stars homage. So yep. um, I really like that look. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury always willing to push the envelope a little bit with his pads, and uh, I think this looks pretty. Is his stick normally so. green, or is that even a, another feature? Oh, that's a good question. I I do think he uses a similar stick to that normally. I think. But that looks a little more Kelly green than the Wild's normal colors. So maybe he does have a, a special stick for this uh, this setup as well. I think it's a great eye, John. All right. You All right. Cool. Something there. Well done. Good contribution. <laughs> That's our goalie gear corner. Uh, we now move on to you don't see that every day. The Capitals and the Red Wings played each other this last week, and they they had to warm up. So at Little Caesars Arena, uh, the Little Caesars hot and ready center as I like to call it they have a practice rink that's attached now they were doing a pregame ceremony for one of the cup teams like an anniversary thing uh before this game so they had the teams warm up on the other like the practice rink <laughs> so the the video is the teams coming out you know like Alex Ovechkin is there with no helmet and they come out they do exactly the same thing that they normally do but they're playing on this little practice rink uh or skating in this little practice rink it just looks really really goofy i've uh never never seen nhl teams that's pretty crazy like that before, so. and you, you, yeah it, i like that better than like the delayed start of an actual game cuz that's that, it seems like Montreal. Yeah. Montreal is always like honoring somebody and it takes like 15 to 20 minutes. You know, you're like, what is going on here? So, Damn Canadians. Yeah. Stupid Montreal. That definite lack honoring. of kids looking for pucks in this yeah. video. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. You're going to sacrifice your puck looking and you're uh, trading me for M&Ms yeah. for a stick. 
uh, and instead you're going to do some honoring. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting way to do that, um, and I, I guess it worked, uh, but you don't see that every day. We now move on to somebody's favorite segment, Bad Boys. Everybody's favorite segment. Yeah, somebody's, not everybody's. Most people. Uh, bad Boys, there were, there were quite a few of them as you guys uh, bemoan, while well, you were bemoaning the Goalie Gear Corner. <laughs> uh, you mentioned there are a lot of Bad Boys this week. Matthew Kachuk has been suspended two games. This was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, he basically tried to poke his stick into the cage, like into the eyes of Jonathan Quick. Uh, that to is me that is bad? like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't go too far in there, but he's literally like trying to poke him in the eyeball. Like what is, With a stick. what is he doing With there? A stick. That is ridiculous. Yeah. With his stick. He's, yeah. he's being Matthew Kachuk. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, man, that was really kind of gross, though. Um, <laughs> it did have a big uh, big kerfuffle after that, uh, predictably. Even Jonathan Quick went after him. It kind of reminded me of a Three Stooges bit, like, the, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, where, you, where you'd try to poke the guy he and then you put your you, hand yeah. up to block it. And yeah, um, I think Mo would usually do that to Curly, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Josh Anderson also got suspended for a nasty hit from behind. I think he got two games. Yuri Slavkovsky, welcome to the yeah. NHL, kid. Uh, he also got suspended two games for a nasty kind of hit from behind. Uh, and then Kirill Kaprizov got off with a slap on the wrist. Uh, well, <laughs> he got a match penalty, so he got kicked out of the game against Los Angeles, uh, but then he got fined $5,000 for uh, a cross-check to the chin of Drew Doughty. So... Uh, yeah. Did anything happen before that? Well, you doubt he was hassling him up and down the ice. According to LA, according to LA yeah. fans, he was getting away with murder. Or not LA fans, Minnesota fans. He was getting away with murder, and they, they tagged Kaprizov for, you know, retaliating. Yeah, with a cross-check to the face. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. That's right. that's a little bit uh, going too I mean, far. As one does, you know. And then Doughty waved goodbye to him as he was leaving the ice yeah. in his match penalty. Yeah. I hate Drew Doughty. I, <laughs> I do too. He's kind of I do too. He's very annoying. Yeah. I will agree. He's not fun like Marshawn has become. <laughs> Who did he slash with on the crack? Oh, Larson, the back of the oh, legs. Oh, Larson, that was that's dirty. right. Yeah, yeah, that was dirty. Yeah, right in the back Screw of the legs. Yeah, didn't get yeah. anything for that, did he? Didn't even get a penalty. Nope. nope. No, we now. Uh, I think he got a penalty. Yeah, he did. But yeah. I, and I think he might have gotten punched a couple times. But they lost the game. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, we now move on to our weekly one timers. <laughs> Our first weekly one-timer. We only have two this week, by the way, uh, but they're interesting. First one, Evander Kane got stepped on in the Edmonton-Tampa Bay game by Pat Maroon, uh, and it was terrifying because yep. he got him on the wrist, and uh, he was bleeding immediately heavily on the ice, and uh, Evander Kane sprinted to the bench. Um, thankfully, I, obviously he recognized what had happened right away, got medical attention. Um, and so he's, he's going to be okay, but he's going to be out three plus months. So, um, yeah. really scary to see that kind of thing. That's one of those that'll kind of stick with you in your brain for a while. If you see it, um, cause it was like, Ooh, that could have uh, been a really, really bad situation there. It was uh, pretty, pretty scary. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of the old Clint Malarchuk play less severe, obviously, if you don't remember Clint Malarchuk, he was a goalie, I believe, playing for Buffalo at the time. And there was a pile up in front of the net, and he got kicked in the neck with a skate. Mm -hmm. And immediately this pool of blood spilled All right. out All right. in front of him. It was pretty scary. Yeah, I don't know if I need to see that. <laughs> oh, I'm not showing it to you. <laughs> no, you're describing you can it. Look right. it up. You can look it up on, yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah I like. get it. I get it. Yeah, how, how much blood was it, Andy? 
the Clint Malarchuk. <laughs> yeah, like just starts come on. Out all right, all right. Him, like a murder, yeah. like you would see in a I'm murder just scene. Kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, all right. He was fine. He ended up being okay well, though. Yeah. Before we move on, let me just say, uh, really glad to hear the outcome there. I mean, yeah. obviously, it, it's you know unfortunate for for Kane that um, he's, he's going to miss time and that he got hurt. But um, all things considered, you know, missing a few months of hockey after what could have been there is. Uh, is fortunate. So, uh, our next and final weekly one timer. This one might deserve more than just a weekly one timer, but uh, you know it's gotten a ton of coverage. So I don't know if there's too much more we can say about it. But this Mitchell Miller situation. Uh, so they signed him this past week to uh, they being the Boston Bruins signed him. This was the kid that the Arizona Coyotes renounced because of uh, his bullying past. And man, I mean, what a what an absolute debacle I, for yeah. this team! Absolutely ridiculous. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys can describe. Well, what they they them. signed him, and of course there mm-hmm. was initial outrage because it wasn't just. I mean, it's bullying, yes, but it was. It was wasn't com- just like he was a convicted. Kid in the locker room. He was convicted yeah. in court. Yeah. yeah, and he hasn't apparently apologized to the to the victim, and it just boggles the mind why Boston thought they would, thought they could do this. But then it turns out that they hadn't talked to the NHL about it, and he apparently he's suspended, not eligible to play in the NHL, which then questioned whether he was even eligible to play in the AHL because the AHL says if you're suspended in the NHL, we're going to honor that suspension. So it was a whole big mess. And the thing that, that gets me the most is that and players in the locker like Patrice Bergeron came out and said, not really a fan of that. He's not like this. Is not like the next Connor McDavid. He was a mid-level prospect coming out. So it's like, why, why go through all this? Why take these risks? Why alienate your team, your fan base? You know, just ignore this kid's horrific past. It's not like you're gonna, you're going to get much out of it. It's because the yeah. the executives are out of touch with what what's going on. Um, That's and, what just blew my mind. And it, I mean, like honestly, it doesn't matter if it's the next Connor McDavid. Right. Yeah. No, that, I know. I agree. That, but to at me, at least is, you could. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I believe people can change and people need second chances and, and things of like course. that. But you need to be aware and not do do it just to play hockey again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. as a person, you need to understand how wrong that was. And and that's the that's the root of the like. I just don't see any remorse here, right? And and no. there's been actions taken, most of them court ordered. And then I guess he tried to contact and apologize in October, but it's like Via through Instagram. Instagram, through Instagram. Yeah, yeah. like but the, and that's kind of ridiculous, you know, like Yeah, how you waited you this long? Oh, oh yeah. because it's like a condition to get to sign a contract or whatever. It's, yes. And and the fact that the team didn't even reach out to the family and the victim here, which and then the victim also released a statement through the HDA, yep. which is heartbreaking, heartbreaking, yep. Yep. and and now that victim's still getting abuse because of this, right? So, yeah, yep. total debacle. And, to re- and he yeah. has to relive this because the guys, the guys in the news all the time. Yeah, now. yeah. So, uh, unfortunate situation. Really, I, I I don't know if there's a good outcome here. Um, you know, I'm still thinking about the victim because now he needs to kind of see his name out there every day. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and the outcome here is that they have effectively 
canceled the contract, except they can't do that. So <laughs> it sounds like Boston is actually going to be on the hook for paying Mitchell Miller now for um, for the season, which is just a just a huge gaffe. So, yeah. Um, those are our weekly one-timers. We close the show with our tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from uh, Anna Forsyth, who I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Anna, or if you're listening. But she is one of the hosts of the C4 podcast up in Vancouver. It's uh-huh. Connects podcast. We've all been on that show at various times as guests. So uh, she can be snarky about the Canucks who are not having a good season. So they played Ottawa in Ottawa the other night, and Ryan Reynolds was there because he's, as we know, pursuing a, a minority ownership uh, stake in the Senators. And she first tweeted out, this game will make a great first episode in Ryan Reynolds' Netflix show, Ottawa, I guess, which is pretty funny in its own right. But then she, she uh, responded to her own tweet with a tweet that says, they lost to the Canucks, the 4-6-3 Vancouver Canucks. It was then I knew they needed my help. So that's supposedly a Ryan Reynolds quote. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Uh, my tweet of the week comes from the Nashville Predators when they were playing against the Kraken and losing, I believe, 5-1. to one. Uh, It says, it's the admin talking, the Twitter admin for the, the Preds official account. It says, it's always win a game, admin, and never, hey, let me Venmo you $5, admin. That's <laughs> pretty good. That is Made pretty me good. laugh, John. John, your tweet of the week. John. John. Hello. Hello. Did we lose you? John. We might have lost John. Uh, <laughs> he's gone. That's fine uh, because we have reached the end of our show, except he might have just gotten off with uh, not having a tweet of the week. We were oh, having a hard time. That's all you have to do if you so. don't find one? Just disappear? Just show, Yeah, just just <laughs> pretend you've lost your connection and just disappear. Um, okay, so that is our show, though. Thank you so much to FU and Gnarly Neiman for the five-star <laughs> reviews. Uh, please leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read it on next week's show. Uh, I do think we'll be back for a 0.5 this weekend, hopefully. Uh, so we'll be talking to you soon. Uh, subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you all in the next couple of days. Cheers. Cheers.